Campwire is made possible with the generous support of our sponsor, Active Network. With school well underway, it's time to start planning and preparing for holiday breaks. Camp and Class Manager from Active Network is the superior management software for camps hosted any time of the year. Make registration a breeze for participants to sign up anytime, anywhere with our mobile-friendly solution. Learn more at www.activenetwork.com forward slash ACA. Welcome to the Camp Bar Podcast. I'm Lauren McMillan, the Public Relations and Communications Manager here at ACA, and I'm thrilled to bring you this conversation today with Christy Brown and Becca Garrison of Operation Purple Camp, which is part of the National Military Family Association. While taking time off from her career to raise her children, Christy found fulfillment volunteering, particularly supporting military families. After volunteering for NMFA for the past six years, Christy is excited to transition to staff member. She loves traveling and all outdoor activities. She holds a bachelor's in anthropology from Mary Washington College and is married to an active duty Coast Guardsman. Together, they have moved for the military five times. And we're also joined by Becca Garrison, Becca began her career teaching in the South Bronx and has spent the last 13 years channeling her passion for transformational learning and growth into action for schools, nonprofits, and social impact startups across the country. She is honored to support the incredible NMFA program staff in developing, implementing, and delivering programming serving military children, spouses, and families. Christy and Becca, welcome to the Camp Wire podcast. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, I'm so excited for, for people to learn about. NMFA to dive into Operation Purple. Um, it's something that I personally was not incredibly familiar with and just learning all about it. It just, I'm so excited for us to talk about it today. So we'll just jump right in then. Give us an overview of Operation Purple Camp and the National Military Family Association. If people are not very familiar with NMFA um, and especially then with Operation Purple Camp, what would be, what would be like an introductory pitch? What, what do they need to know about it? Yeah, so I can I can start with that. Um, National Military Family Association had started when a group of women were sitting around a kitchen table um, talking about their uh, fellow spouses um, um, in the Vietnam era and trying to do more for them, right? They wanted to make sure that spouses and family members were taken care of as well as service members. Um, and so they saw that action needed to be taken and they took it. Um, they went up on Capitol Hill and they went door to door. Um, and the result was the survivor benefit plan. Um, if you're not a, um, familiar with that, that just makes sure that um, family members are taken care of if a service member passes away. Um, and that was a direct result of those women who got up and took action. And from there, NMFA began over 50 years ago. Ever since, we've just been advocating for military families. So we do that in a couple ways. Um, one, we advocate for families on the Hill. Two, um, we do programs. We do camps for kids. We do family retreats. Um, and then three, we do scholarships for military spouses. Um, and so that's the way that we give back to our military community. And we've loved every minute of it. Beautiful, Christy. 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so that's what NMFA is a whole. And then from that um, was born Operation Purple. So one of the things that we do in advocacy is we um, hear what families need. Um, one of the things that we kept hearing, especially post 9-11, um, when there was a pretty an uptick in deployments, was the need um, for respite for family members mm -hmm. um, and kids. Um, and so this um, Operation Purple was born to bring military kids together in a space like a summer camp where they can just be kids, they can be outside, they can learn um, some things that they can take home with them, communication skills, um, how to make friends. I mean, you know, military kids move around a lot. Um, so some of those skills that they learn at camp that they can bring back with them and use in their everyday lives. And we've just seen such a great, um, great results from it that, and we've been doing it for almost 20 years and wow. it's, it's been wonderful. Yeah. That's fantastic. Who, who exactly does Operation Purple Camp serve? Is there a particular age group? Is there a particular branch of the military or does it encompass kind of all ages and all branches? Yeah. So the broad answer is every military connected child. So when we talk about that, we're talking about families with active duty service members, with retired, with separated service members. We serve the whole gamut because we know that every one of those families has made a sacrifice to support us all in some way. And we wanna make sure that we're supporting them. In general for camp, we've prioritized two groups that we know have especially, you know, have been especially put through the ringer in recent times. And one of those groups would be the, um, would be our families that are in a deployment cycle. So what we we mean by that is they are within 18 months before, during, or after a family member being separated from the rest of the family to go serve in the military somewhere. So that's our, our families in the deployment cycle. And the other group of families that we serve as a priority are families of wounded, ill, or injured service members or veterans. So we also know that those families are ones where everybody's chipping in just a little bit more, and we want to make sure that we honor their service, their sacrifice, and the work that they do. Amazing. Oh, I love that. So what types of camp? You talked about it being like a week-long summer camp experience where kids can be among their peers, just have a week of fun, all the benefits of summer camp that we know and love. What are the different types of camp or camp programs that Operation Purple offers? And within those different experiences, what are some of the things that families can expect out of an Operation Purple camp experience for their kids, aside from what we've already mentioned? Um, so I can take this one. We try for our Operation Purple Camp to have a very traditional summer camp. We want all of the things that, you know, we remember seeing in movies when we were kids. Um, we want like, you know, the rope swings and the zip lines and the swimming um, and the cabins. Those are the kind of um, adventures we want for our kids to have as far as what they're looking forward to when they go to camp. So we pair up with um, pretty traditional co-ed summer camps all across the country. Um, <clears throat> and the things that we're looking for for them to get from camp are those skills that we were talking about earlier. We want them to come home with communication skills. We want them to come home um, with a sense of the world around them being in the outdoors. And most importantly, we want them to have fun. We want them to have respite from their normal lives. Um, if they're PCSing, which is a permanent change of station, if they're moving um, and they are moving to a place where they don't know anybody, um, it's great to be able to spend a week of their summer connecting with people who've had similar life experiences and they can come home and use those skills when they start a new school 
And maybe, I mean, we actually heard of stories where somebody will go to a school, to their new school and see somebody they knew at camp. I mean, how mm -hmm. cool is that mm -hmm. to give them that leg up on being able to have that connection with somebody when they first start out of their new school? One of the great things our camp partners also do, which has been really exciting for us, is that they've been working to integrate elements of Operation Purple Camp that are true across every one of our locations. So you could go to a YMCA camp in Massachusetts, or you could go to a 4-H camp in Georgia, and there will be some parts that are Operation Purple no matter where you go. And what's really amazing about that is just what Christy's talking about. Our, ki our, our kids will collide in a variety of different ways. Every time you move to a new base, you're going to maybe see some old faces, maybe see some new faces. And if you see that Operation Purple shirt, you know that you have a shared experience with that person. So part of this is allowing us to sort of cross those lines and create connections between them. To come back a little bit to sort of the overall purpose here, um, our mission as an organization is to stand up for support and enhance the quality of life for every military family. And that's what we look at camp as an opportunity to do, either in our family retreats and experiences that are one day to a full weekend, where we bring the whole family together in that really amazing environment that camp creates, or whether it's a full week of camp where kids get the opportunity to sort of go out on their own and experience things. One of my favorite moments this summer was we had a camper walk up with his carrying a suitcase, he's probably about seven years old, and say, usually my parents deploy for me, but now I'm deploying. <laughs> and it was a great moment just to sort of see that, it, you know, them getting to go out in the world and create some new experiences. That's a, just a very cool thing to see. So with our camps, we love, you know, hearing from our campers, knowing what's going on in their lives, being able to support them together in that moment, and then hoping that they go home with some of those life skills, like Christy said. Well, I love that. And I didn't realize that Operation Purple camps, that it wasn't just a singular location somewhere in the country. I didn't realize that it was something that is all over the country, which makes perfect sense considering that military families are stationed all across the United States. And that just, I love that that makes it that much more accessible and available to these kids and these families that could benefit from these experiences. And I also love what you said about how Operation Purple Camp gives kids and military families that added connection. Something that we love about camp is the shared sense of community that is built among peers and among kids. And it's one thing to, to know that you have your summer community when you go to camp and when you return to camp. And we love the idea of continuing those connections and that sense of community when kids go back to school and back to the quote unquote real world but it sounds like Operation Purple Camps just take that to an entirely new level and really, really emphasize the importance of, of developing those friendships and having that shared connection and that sense of community and um, so beautifully illustrates how that can be translated back into the into the real world. So I think that's yeah. that's so wonderful. Yeah, we do hope so. We do have a curriculum that we ask all of our camps to um, adhere to while the kids are at camp. And like Becca was saying, I mean, I think that gives that sense that they're all kind of experiencing the same things. Um, and that 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 makes it a shared experience for them. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the history behind the color purple for this program. I'm going to let you take that one, Becca. 
Great. So um, across the across the armed forces, we have many different colors that make up those different armed forces. Now, as you may or may not know, people can get a little competitive in a fun way about their branch of the military. Um, so we never want to claim a color that is specific to one branch. So it's what relatively common now and in, in the U.S. to refer to any kid with a, in a military family as a purple kid. Right. So there are lots of different organizations that use this terminology. Um, and the story behind it, of course, is that if you combine all of the colors of the different branches together, you get purple. In mm -hmm. my mind, the other thing that's really great about this is when you really think about purple, this is the colors of our American flag coming together. That's our red, white, and blue. Yeah. So when you look at that, you're really thinking about all the things that make our country special coming together in these kids and us getting to work with them through our camps and our family experiences. Oh, that's beautiful. I hadn't considered the, the colors of the American, but of course, that makes total sense. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> So from what I've learned, Operation Purple Camp, we've talked about how there are so many different locations and different um, kind of affiliate programs and just different opportunities across the country. But I also know that you all have different programs within kind of the Operation Purple umbrella. So let's take a little bit of time and touch on each of those. The first one is, um, I kind of combine these into these two into one, Operation Purple Camp and Camp Junior at home. Yeah, so Operation Camp and Camp Junior, those are things that sort of came about during the pandemic. Our at-home camps were, you know, we were in a situation where for years we'd been sending kids out there in person and we couldn't do it. Um, so we wanted to make sure that there was still an option to find uh, for our um, campers to find each other, to spend some time together, to have a good time. We continued that through this summer. There were still a number of campers who, for a variety of reasons, couldn't be there in person. And we're really in a great phase there where we're getting to learn what is it that we really need to do with our virtual community now that so many of us are, thank goodness, returning to in-person events. What is it that the virtual community can do? So as we look towards the future with our virtual programming, we're looking for the chance to take sort of that magic of camp and break it into a manageable thing to be done virtually for those families that are moving. So Christy mentioned PCSing, that permanent change of station where families move around. That season's June and July every year and families might move at other times as well. So really just being thoughtful about what we can do to support families who maybe are in a car driving across the country or settling in and living out of boxes or my military family, I was raised by a Marine, you know, living in a hotel for three months in Germany before we were able to find a home, right? So those sorts of things we're trying to think about on, you know, on dad's tablet or on mom's laptop, is there something that the kid can do to connect with their community to get some of that joy of camp? We sing songs together, we do drawings together, we try to do dances together, all sorts of fun stuff, just to try to bring some of that camp magic with us wherever we go. So the, is the Camp Junior program, is that then, is that for the younger campers that might participate? Okay. Yeah, that's just, so that's what we call the three to seven age group. We find that the three okay. to sevens and the eight to twelves have slightly different needs. So we want to try to split that up a little bit. Um, mainly the little guys need to move a whole lot more. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Especially after being virtual for so long. Yeah. And then the next one is family retreats. I'm very excited to hear about this one. I can take that one. Yeah. So one of the cool things about National Military Family Association is that through our advocacy work and our programming, um, we hear from families what works really well, what, you know, <clears throat> things that we can pivot on to, to serve them better and new needs that they need. So we started with Operation Purple Camp for Kids. 
and we saw a need for family retreats as well. So I'm going to take the next two um, family retreats and Operation Purple Healing Adventures because mm -hmm. they're very similar. Um, the format is a weekend <clears throat> at a camp. Again, we go all across the country and we change locations because we do want to hit um, all the pockets of places where um, active duty and military are. Um, but the, the families come to a particular place for a weekend and get to share the joys of camp together. So for Operation Purple um, Family Retreats, that is specifically meant for um, active duty service members um, who have just recently or who are in a deployment cycle. So that means getting ready to deploy or um, have just recently come back from a deployment. Once all the family members are back together, um, we get them for a whole weekend and they get to share in the joy of being outside, doing things as a team, um, and in just a really fun setting. And then we integrate some um, some workshops, some like resiliency or communication workshops into the weekend as well. Um, and, but a lot of it is just respite and being together and enjoying each other's company and coming together as a family. So that's our family retreats. Very similar setup, but for a different demographic or a different group um, for our healing adventures. The healing adventures are specifically meant for um, families of wounded, ill, or injured service members or veterans and their families. And they do do very similar things. We have workshops um, and they come together, but we found that those two um, groups just work better in having their own separate retreats because they just have very different needs and feelings and um, it just works really well for us. So we've, we've seen really great success with both of those styles of retreats. Yeah. And it's been really interesting for us to sort of figure out exactly what each population is looking for. Right. So when we're dealing with uh, our active duty families, it's a lot of go, go, go. Right. We're spending our whole weekend. I'm going to they're going to hit every single ropes course. They're going to hit every single mini golf. Right. Like if, if, if the camp has it to offer, these families are going to get into it. Um, whereas a lot of our families that attend our healing adventures are looking for a slightly slower pace, right? It's a different kind of connect. They're not just, you know, there's the memory making, but there's also the time to sit there with one another and just sort of be in a space where you're less worried about who's cooking dinner and more worried about how you're interacting with one another. So it's been cool too, to see kids who, as we know, get the opportunity to really be leaders in the camp space, step up in those family retreats and sort of start leading their families through some things. One of my favorite moments this summer was we were at a camp in Arizona for a family retreat. And just a few weeks earlier, Christy had been there with our Operation Purple camp. We had a kid who the counselors looked at and immediately said, oh my God, Chicken Little, you're back. And sure enough, this 15-year-old had made himself so useful that they basically dubbed him an honorary counselor in training when he'd been there. And he supported with skits during the course of the weekend. His little brother basically took care of all of the kids and walked them to every location. And it was just really cool for their parents to see them sort of exercising these leadership skills that they gained. And the whole family just had a really incredible time over the weekend. I love that. And then... Similarly, I'm wondering how, how closely these two are related, the family retreats and the parent and teen experience. Yeah, so the experience, this is a really great example of how as an organization, we're constantly evolving to meet the needs that we see up here. So we've got a really incredible research team and we've had the honor of working with this amazing group of teens, run for teens and by teens called Bloom 
empowering the military teen. Um, and this group, um, and we have worked together now for two years to do a teen study, right? So reach out there, survey these teens, ask them questions about their lives and figure out what's going on and what they need. And we noticed that a lot of our teens are struggling, like so many people in the, in the world right now with their mental wellness and other such things. And so we were trying to think about what is one way to support that? So one way to support that is to make sure that they have a good bond in their family, right? To have a strong bond with an adult we know is one of the huge markers of whether kids will get help that they need and everything else. So our parent teen camps came about as a way for us to see what can happen if we take them out of their regular environment for a few days, one parent and one teen, and give them the opportunity to connect. So the, we piloted it this year. We have another one coming up in November, um, and the feedback has been incredible incredibly positive, right? The family really enjoyed going through workshops together. They felt like they got to talk to each other in a way that they don't normally get to talk to each other. Um, and then they also got to see each other, you know, try things they maybe wouldn't have tried before with 100% of their attention and maybe not focused on friends or focused on other siblings or other such things. So it's been cool to see how that's played out, but we're constantly thinking about that. You know, this summer we talked, you know, We've been working with teens in a variety of ways, and this is just one of the ways that we're trying to see what we can do based on the research to make sure that our teens are getting the wellness support that they need. I love that. And I love that you all focus so intentionally on different age groups based on interest, but also need and, and maybe their location too, and to really make sure that everybody has those experiences and receives all those benefits that are just they just, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. It's so great. I wanted to ask real quick about uh, the staffing component. Who typically makes up the, the population for counselors, counselors in training, staff? What does that typically look like? And then I have, um, so, oh, I'll let you answer that first. I have a follow-up question to that. Yeah. So that's our job in the off season is to find camps um, that already have a, well, for, for Operation Purple Camp, to find camps that already have a summer program. Um, and so they they're the ones who are hiring staff, um, making sure they're up to ACA accreditation standards, um, all of the all of the things. And then um, if we um, if we can get the timing right and if um, we can rent out the whole week because we do want to be an exclusive camp, we want everybody on site to be doing our programming. Um, and if everything works out correctly, we'll come visit and make sure that it's a site that works for our program. And so we let the camps um, do that fun part of it. But man, they find some awesome staff. It's been so great to watch. Um, you know, all summer long going to these camps and seeing the connection these kids make. And my favorite part is when we hear, and it happened so many times this summer, about um, staff members who had either been Operation Purple campers themselves years ago, or were military connected and said, wow, I wish I knew about this. But how cool that they had um, that connection with the kids. So when the kids were saying things um, like, you know, I don't have any friends where I live because I just moved here, or, you know, it's really hard when a parent is gone for so long. They had that uh, ability to connect with them and have the empathy for what they were going through. And, and that just made it really special. So along those lines, I'm curious to know from a staff training perspective, Yeah, you know, a lot of our listeners on this podcast are camp directors, camp owners, work at camps are heavily involved in staff training when late spring, early summer comes around. I'm curious right. to know if there are, if there are specific 
components or, or training elements that go into training Operation Purple Camp staff that, that might be a little bit different or what that looks like? Because I can imagine if you're working with, with families and kids who are going through the emotional stress of dealing with deployment, of having lost a family member or wounded family member, all those different components that can impact um, a child's experience. What, what does that training look like or, or if it even looks different? I would love to learn all about that. So one of the things that's really interesting about the way we do it, you know, as Christy was saying, right, we are taking the staff that exist at these camps, right? Our team is, our programming team at NMFA is very small. It is me and five team members, and Christy is in charge of all of our in-person Operation Purple camps. So we want to make sure that we are going to a place where we have staff, where we feel really strongly that they're trained to be inclusive of every military family, Mm -hmm. where we know that they're going to be able to support no matter what the needs are. But we also try to build in some additional supports. So the first thing is we try to make sure that families are really clear that while there are many amazing programs out there that focus specifically on therapeutic care for military kids, that's not one of the focuses that we have. We want to provide some life skills. We want to build their learning and everything else. So we have a broader picture. However, because we know that our campers are going to have some unique needs, we work to make sure that there are one to two MFLEX, that's a military family life counselor on staff during the course of the week. So these folks will come out and they have their training and background. Um, They're usually licensed social workers, and they are folks who have some sort of background and training in military families, military lives, or personal experience, those sorts of things. So what's great about that is that we're hoping that we can provide an on-call resource to the camp that can support with some of those unique questions, right? I had I had counselors ask me all the time this summer about everything from, hey, this kid was talking about guns. Is that okay? Is that weird? Whatever else, right? Especially right now, we know that's a tough thing that can come up. So being able to respond appropriately and help help kids understand how to respond in a context different from their normal day-to-day life, that's really important. And having those military family life counselors helps us to make sure that there's always someone there to support those counselors. Uh, Beyond that, a lot of what we do is sort of offer opportunities to start conversations with kids about their experience. We know a good counselor can facilitate a conversation no matter what it's about, right? They come with compassion and empathy, they're listening, they're asking questions, and they're doing their best to validate the experience of their campers. But we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to have the conversation if the camper wants. So we have some an activity called the Wall of Honor, where kids are encouraged to sit down and take a chance to draw to you know fill in a picture basically of someone in their life who is served, right? It might be their military service member. It might be a different member of their family. And we know that this can lead to a bunch of different conversations between campers and with counselors. So rather than trying to take a whole bunch of extra time that we know our camps and counselors don't have, we try to embed these experiences throughout the course of the week. Um, And really, as we look at our camps, one of the big things that we're always looking at is, is this a place where counselors learn, right? And if it's a place where counselors learn, it's usually going to be a good place for us to be. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's so cool that you all have those resources. And I feel like it, that's becoming something that is more and more common to see at summer camps, to have the mental support staff, to have the emotional support. And um, it just seems like you all have been have been setting the trend for, for quite a while now. I think that's incredible and just so, so valuable. So when families are looking at all of these amazing programs and opportunities, what are some questions 
that parents might ask or consider when looking at these programs, when determining what might be the best fit for my child, what works for our family, maybe what are some common questions or considerations that you all see? Christy's uniquely positioned to answer this question. Her kids <laughs> went to Operation Purple Camp this summer. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is that there's something for, you know, every military connected family out there, right? Like, so we offer so many programs. There's definitely something for everyone. Um, the second thing I would say is our website has so much information. Go check it out. Um, see what all the programs are. Look at the descriptions and see if they fit your family. Um, like we mentioned before, um, the family program that's just a weekend. I would call that camp light. I mean, you're in the environment, you're doing the things, you have mom and dad there, and it's a great introduction to camp. I mean, it's a great way to get familiar with the idea of staying in one space, with the idea of eating in a dining hall as a group, with the idea of being outside the whole weekend. Those might be things that are outside of like your normal everyday activities, and that's totally great. I love that. Um, and then for actual summer camp, uh, we have a lot of families who never, you know, the parents never went to camp themselves as kids. Their kids um, have never been to camp. They love the idea of it, um, but they're not exactly sure everything that it entails. Uh, and it's, you know, it's five nights away from mom and dad. There's, you, you know, emails and letters, only one direction, not both directions. <laughs> um, and that's something that's really hard for parents. So they're not, they're not used to that. Um, so I always recommend, you know, if you're not sure, try, try a family weekend first. I think it's a great idea to do that. Um, but we find with most, with most kids, they really enjoy the experience and the, and the, um, it's just, it's a new level of being on their own that they've never had before. So um, we typically, I think most of our camps are from six or seven and up um, is, is the young range for kids. So the, each camp will have an age range of, of what it accepts and what it's used to taking on as far as summer campers. So I would say definitely check that out and see what, what's best for your family. Yeah, one of the other things I would just add there, and this is something that we're always working on with our families, and we're really grateful that our camps have always been working with our families on as well, is the idea of telling the camp as much as possible about the needs of your child, right? Mm -hmm. We saw it again and again this summer. People maybe were concerned that their child wouldn't be able to be served, and so they wouldn't quite give us all the information. And one of the things that I noticed was every single camp that I went to, if there was a child who had some sort of additional needs, they would reach out to that family and they would ask questions from on everything from bedtime routine to the best way to help them if they were feeling unhappy to making sure that they were you know feeling safe in their space and how they that could be done to little things like being aware if noise was something that was difficult for the child so that they can sit a little further back during those noisy times, right? Or sit outside during meals and get a break, whatever. So I have seen, this is maybe what I'm most impressed by in my time working with the camps that we work with, is their ability to make accommodations so that every camper can have a happy and successful experience is so like... It, Camp people want everybody to go to camp, right? And so all we have to do is make sure that camps have the information to best serve each kid. So that's my big thing for families is don't be afraid that the camp can't serve your kid. Make sure you share with them every possible detail about what helps your child to be successful, because so many of those things that are true at home are also true at camp. Very well said. Thank you. You may have, you all may have mentioned this earlier. Do these programs take place primarily in the summer or are there some that are throughout the year as well? 
Summer is definitely our high season. I would say that. <laughs> we want it to be temperate. Um, our family programs run all most of the year, about nine months of the year. Um, we do, we try, we don't typically do them in the winter. Um, it's a little too cold to be outside all the time and we really want families to have outdoor time. Um, our summer camps do, they do run in the summer. They run when schools are out. We do try to make sure that we, um, no matter where we are in the country, that we are in a time frame that is convenient for our families. So yeah, mostly that's our high time in the summer. And do you all have a ballpark estimate of how many programs take place every year? Maybe that's every summer or, or all yes. year. So I can tell you for the last year, because this is the first year I think that we're totally back up to speed post-COVID, um, we have had 36 total programs. So that wow. is a week-long session of camp to a one-day session of retreat. That's uh, to a week of virtual camp. Counting across that, we've had about 36 experiences, and we've served, I think, well over 2,000 uh, individuals. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. And I love I love hearing the stories about different campers that come to these camps and hearing how they interact with the counselors and all of that. And I know we've also talked about kind of the broad um, benefits of Operation Purple Camps. Could you all speak a little bit more to what kind of impact you all see from Operation Purple camps for families and kids, whether it's a specific example or just, just something that has really impacted you or that you see has really impacted these families? What stands out? Christy, tell your Rubik's Cube story. That's my favorite. <laughs> I know Becca loves this story. It was, I mean, there are always just campers, specific campers that really stick with you. And we had this one camper um, at our camp in North Carolina, and he just really spent the first two days telling every adult who would listen about how this was not for him. It was kind of a mistake that he was there and it was probably <laughs> not the best fit. And he was so eloquent about it. And we just kept bargaining with him. Like, listen, when you're not telling us how unfortunate it is that you're here, like we do see you having little snippets of fun. So like, let's wait after dinner, we'll have a convo and we'll rediscuss, we'll reconvene and you know, I would just wait to after dinner, wait for him to come over and he would kind of look at me, but he wouldn't come over and then he would go off with his friends. So, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it was touch and go the first couple of days. Um, but my favorite memory was the evening before they left, when they did the camp wide talent show, um, I was really surprised. I saw his name on the list and I'm like, I, what? So, um, we, he, he went up and he said he was going to solve a Rubik's cube for everybody. Right. And so I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm super excited to see how this goes. And so his, his cabin, um, starts cheering for him, chanting his name, right? Um, and so he gets real, you could tell, you could see it on his face. He just starts getting hyped up and he's like into it and they're timing him and he's looking around. And then slowly but surely, everybody in camp, all 117 kids start chanting this kid's name. And when he solves the Rubik's Cube, which was like 52 seconds, I mean, it was incredibly fast. I was impressed for, I think he's like nine. Um, he just lit up. And everybody just went wild. It was like a standing ovation. Oh and it's, I mean, you hear these stories all the time, but these kids who start off like unsure. Um, and we see, we've heard from camps too, like after COVID, the social skills um, are, are just 
it's, it's, it's harder. Everybody's having a tougher time. And he was definitely an example of that. I mean, he didn't like losing. He would, he, he was very upset when he lost games. He didn't like waiting in line. He didn't like sharing, but to see the transition from where he was at the beginning of the week to where he was at the end of the week, it just made my heart so happy. So anecdotally, we have so many stories like that. Mm But um, seeing the, you know, we take, we take surveys of the kids and we take surveys of the families after their experiences and um, seeing like the data, how the data speaks to us. And then just hearing the things that they write in their surveys when the families give responses, um, we know we're headed in the right direction. And we love having that data because like we've said a, a bunch of times on this call, it lets us form our programming in the ways that meet the needs of those families right so we we see it every year you know we see when we pivot that it works because we're listening to what the families are telling us and we're making it happen yeah one of the other pieces of qualitative evidence that we have that i really love is our colleague natalie natalie who runs our family experiences always counts the number of people that she sees as exchanging phone numbers at the end of the week Right. And it's a simple thing, but, you know, um, those of us who've lived in military households know that you sort of collect people as you go because your community is all across the globe. Right. And so we, we will see these families have a moment, you know, we had uh, a dad walk out of a Red Cross session and talk about how it was amazing to know that other families were struggling the way his family was and made him feel less alone. Right. Mm. We have kids say the same thing. Right. Sit there and talk about how hard their life is and how they don't want to move in. And those sort of tough stuff that like, you know, when you're when someone's saying, oh, you must be so proud of your service member, you can't always find the words to say, yeah, but sometimes moving really stinks. Mm. So it's really wonderful for us to see how these kids connections can be made and people can discuss the hard things and the not so hard things. You know, I had a parent reach out to me saying, you know, he, he, her son had lost the numbers of the people that the discord names of the people that he'd met at camp. Um, and in the last week, I just got notification that he has gotten in touch with all of his camp friends. Um, and he still has that community with him. And just, you know, when you're taking people with you sort of in your pocket, on your shoulders, wherever you go, it's nice to know that those camp people are the people going with you. Absolutely. That's, that is exactly what it's all about. I love that so much. How have you all, again, broad question, how have you all seen Operation Purple grow over the years? And with that in mind, kind of looking back and looking forward, what is next? What do you all see over the next year, over the next couple of years, what's coming down the pipeline? Again, that's a very broad question. So... <laughs> I think that for, um, for camp, you know, like we said, we're, we're all about, we're working on those incremental changes, right? Like after doing this for almost 20 years, there's a lot that's going really well, right? And what we never want to do is throw that baby out with the bathwater. So we want to make sure that we're capturing all that good stuff and making sure that people hear about that. From a broader perspective, we know that camp is the first step for so many kids, right? It is the first step to connection. It's the first step to being good, better at teamwork. It's the first step to feeling like you can tell your own story. So thinking about what steps the steps are that come after that. So now, as I mentioned, you know, as we're moving out of the COVID phase where we need to host like a full camp experience virtually, we're really trying to think about how can we use that virtual world because, you know, we'll have, we'll have campers 
drive from Florida to Georgia for camp, or we'll drive from Colorado to Texas for camp, because that's the closest operation Purple Camp and their parents believe this is an important opportunity for them. So with that, how can we make sure that spread to the four winds, these campers can come back together and have a space, right? And part of that is virtual communities. The other part are these amazing partnerships that Christie's built with our camps, right? Being able to look to them and leverage that and have them say to us, hey, we'd love for your campers to come next year and next year as leaders in training or counselors, or here's a way that young adults who participate in Operation Purple can get involved as camp staff, because we know that makes a difference for when our campers go back there later in the future. But we also just know it's such a great experience for all, all kids to get to move into that leadership role in a camp experience. I mean, there's uh, you know, I have just the utmost respect for folks that are counselors all summer long. And, you know, it's such a great opportunity to learn so much about yourself and about how to lead in a short period of time. So those are a few of the different ways that we're looking to sort of grow and expand um, and, and take care of our community in even richer ways. Yeah, I think that's incredibly exciting. And it's, it's, I, I am so thrilled to know all about Operation Purple now. And it, I'm just excited to, to see what, what this next year, what next summer looks like and to see how, how our kids and teens and families just continue to build resilience and to, to kind of rekindle that sense of community that we've been working on rebuilding since the pandemic. And it's, it's just, it's all very exciting. And, um, I think that there's so much good going on. So if, if people listening are interested in getting involved, whether that is, um, maybe they're, maybe they're connected with the military family who might not be familiar with operation purple camps or, or maybe, if they are a camp that wants to be involved by either offering programming or ways that they can get connected, how can they do so? Yeah, so um, there's a couple different ways. Our website um, is has a really comprehensive rundown of the program, um, who we serve, and where we are currently serving them. So I would definitely say that's the first step um, to checking out the programming and making sure it's a good fit, whether you're a camp or a family or just a community member who's interested in getting involved. I always recommend that. And our website is uh, militaryfamily.org, family singular because we're all part of one big family, mm -hmm. one military family. Um, and so under in, in the website, you would go to um, our programming and then there is a link for Operation Purple and it will tell you all about the programs we have. Um, as far as finding out uh, more about attending a program, that's the place to be. If you're interested in hosting a camp, there is a link on there um, with an, with a a survey that you can fill out if you're interested in hosting a camp. And we are constantly checking to see, um, you know, any new applicants who are, who are wanting to be part of the program. And we, we always reach out to everybody who applies. Um, so whether or not it's a, we want to we want to send kids your way, you know, ASAP or, uh, you know, this is great to have um, to know for the future um, when we expand, if we if we expand, um, we will definitely um, get back to you and start that communication. Yeah. One other thing about the website there, there's a beautiful blue bar at the top of it with an email sign up button. That's a great place to click and sign up because then you will be the first to know when our application opens in the spring for uh, summer programs in 2023. Um, so that's really great. We also encourage folks if they have a specific question to email us at opc at militaryfamily.org. 
That's another really great way to get right through for, through us and hear what's going on. And the last thing is part of what I really love about working at NMFA is that we really do enjoy playing with others, right? So if you have an idea or something you want to try, or you know, you think if you do, if we just did these three things, we could make life just a little bit better for our military families. We want you to get in touch with us, right? Email that OPC at militaryfamily.org. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. If you've heard some feedback, we always want feedback, right? Just give us a chance to make that step, do what we do just a little bit better. Amazing. And we'll be sure to, I'll include all those links in the show notes and people can quickly get connected with you all and, and visit the website and learn more. Um, well, is there anything else that we have not talked about, touched on any final thoughts that either of you have? I'd love to just say that we're really grateful for ACA and the work that you do. For Christy and I, who don't get to work at a camp every day, it's really wonderful to have everything that the American Camp Association lays out there for us in terms of what makes a good camp? What, what can we do to create a more inclusive space? What can you do? You know, What sort of things should we be looking for when we're at the camps to make sure that they're safe and the children are doing well and everything else? So we're really grateful for that. We're really grateful for the community that you're building. Um, and you know, it's, it's made things so much easier for us to know that we are working with the type of partners that are really gonna be able to take care of the families that we serve. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, um, we will be at the ACA conference in February, so we hope everybody, we see everybody there. <laughs> yes, well, I, I hope to be there too, so hopefully we can connect in person. I love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, on behalf of ACA and the camp industry, I also just wanted to thank you all for the incredible work that you all are doing. It is just it is so humbling and just warms my heart to know that that you all are out there making a difference in the world. And of course, especially in the camp industry, that's what we're all striving to do. So it just it makes that it makes that collective hug even bigger and even warmer. So thank you all so much. And yeah, thank you for being on the Camp Wire podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this conversation, please give a shout out to our friends at the National Military Family Association and at Operation Purple Camps. Thank them for being on the show and share it with a friend or someone who you think might benefit from this conversation. As always, be sure to subscribe to the Camp Wire podcast so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And keep up with the American Camp Association by following us at ACA Camps.